Amen. Joshua chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Are you all there? Say amen. All right, here we go. Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai's and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. He and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than I, and its men were good fighters. Verse 3. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Param, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachash, and Debar, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachash, and Eglon joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua, verse 7, marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Would you, would you read verse 8 with me? The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them all along the road, going up from Beth Haran, and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Melchedah. And they fled before Israel on the road, down from Beth Haran to Azekah. The Lord, look at this, the Lord hurled large hailstones. If God's going to hurl something, it better be, I'm, I'm sure it's huge. Can you imagine hurling it? Something, God starts hurling large hailstones at them. You better run, boy. And more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. And on that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the moon, pardon me, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. And this is written in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There was never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Father, today we stand before you covered in your precious blood of Jesus and to ask for an anointing, an enablement, an empowerment. Holy Spirit, come. Give us living understanding. May we never be the same, God, because of what takes place today. We thank you for your word that's a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. We thank you for the grace of God upon us. Now speak to us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Again, we're in a series called Crossing Over Rivers and Taking Cities. That is a picture of crossing into all that God has for you. Crossing over the river for Israel meant a flood stage river. A river that was so full that you couldn't just swim over it. Certainly not with babies and families. Yet God caused that Jordan River to stop, shut up at a city called Adam, cut off the waters all the way to the, to the Dead Sea, and they crossed over on dry ground. And miracle after miracle, God released to Israel as they went into the Promised Land, evicting the Canaanites. And we've been gleaning from the book of Joshua and applying the principles of truth from Joshua to our lives because God's got a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a place of life and life abundant, as we say over and over again. God has wonderful promises for you, but you're going to have to possess them. They're not just going to hit you upside the head one day, although I am grateful for God's sovereignty and that while we were yet sinners, God died for us. Christ died for us. 
But there are certain ways that you can live in which you can then possess the promised land. God gives you promises, but you're going to have to possess them. Come on, somebody say yes. And so as we look at this text of Scripture, there are two character traits you see exhibited here in Joshua chapter 10 that if you don't have these two character qualities in your life, you will never fulfill what God called you to fulfill. You must possess these two character qualities because without them, your marriage won't work. The business won't work. The military, it won't work. Things fail without these two character qualities. The two character qualities are faithfulness and loyalty. Write in your notes the two character traits one must possess in order to flourish, in order to succeed, in order to cross over rivers and take cities is faithfulness and loyalty. Let me define our terms. Faithfulness is when a person is given a job and they do it. Imagine that. They do it, and they do what they say. They're trustworthy. They're, they're faithful. They show up on time. They f- keep their word. Loyalty, to define loyalty, loyalty is a commitment not to undermine the person you've chosen to be loyal to, but instead encourage them through your words, actions, and attitudes. Wow. You can be faithful without being loyal. We've seen that before. You ever seen that before? It's easy to get promoted in some places. Just be faithful. Work hard. Show up on time. Be the last one to leave. Do a good job. Keep your word. Right? But loyalty, you can be faithful without being loyal. I don't know if you've seen that. I certainly have. People that, that know how to be faithful, but behind the scenes, their attitude's not good, and they're grumbling about things, and they're not happy about maybe leadership, or not happy about what's happening in the business, and they're constantly speaking against leadership or speaking against their peers. When you can be loyal and not be faithful. You can have a good attitude, and your words can be right, but you can't show up on time. You can't keep your word. You can't follow through. Somebody said, that doesn't work either. No, that doesn't, that doesn't work either. Let's look at this text, you said, because I don't really understand, Pastor, how you got faithfulness and loyalty out of that, those verses of Scripture there. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to your attention. As we look at this text, Gibeon is attacked. Now, let's understand Gibeon. Uh, Gibeon, Gibeonites, were part of Canaan's land, and they were on the list of eviction from the Lord. They were to be evicted, but they, through deceitfulness, got Joshua and Israel to make a covenant with them, to make the treaty with them. And we talked about that last week. They show up with moldy bread and, and, and old wineskins, and they deceive Joshua. Joshua, in Joshua 9, is one of the saddest verses, uh, saddest chapters in Scripture to me in the Old Testament because in Joshua 1, God inquires, God speaks Pardon me, Joshua speaks to God. God speaks to Joshua. Joshua 2, the Lord said to Joshua. Joshua's inquiring. God is speaking. Joshua 3, again, Joshua's talking to God. God's talking to Joshua. Joshua 4, Joshua 5, 6, 7, 8. The Lord said to Joshua. You'll see that phrase over and over. The Lord said to Joshua. But in Joshua 9, there is no the Lord said to Joshua. You know why? Because Joshua didn't talk to the Lord. And so when the Gibeonites come in all of their deceptive, hoodwinking ways and try to deceive, if they had just spoken to God, God would have said, watch out. But they don't talk to God. And many people don't talk to God. They look at things with their natural eye. Listen, you can be deceived. You know, the problem with deception is you're deceived. And it's hard to know when you don't know things. How do you make a sound decision when you don't know? Joshua thought he was making a sound decision, but in fact, he was being deceived. He had only talked to God. He would have known. So he winds up up being in covenant with this group of people that were supposed to be evicted. He wound wound up giving away land that belonged to God's people. And so now they've made a treaty. And these five kings here, the Canaanite kings, are upset that one of the land has partied with Israel and Joshua. They're mad. In fact, the Gibeonites become a stench to the kings of Canaan's land. And so they unite together and they say, you know something? We should just wipe these guys off the planet. 
And so they attack Gibeah. Gibeonites send word to Joshua there in verse 6. They call for help. Help! They call for help. Now this is a significant moment for Joshua. And here's where the faithfulness and loyalty comes in. I don't know that I would have responded the way that Joshua would have. Certainly in my earlier years, I wouldn't have. When you make a covenant with somebody, no matter what you feel like, you have to keep your side of it. Because a covenant is not just with the person you made it with, it's with the Lord. So Joshua knew that, and Joshua had been faithful under Moses. He was faithful when everybody said, well, the giants are going to kill us, him and Caleb said, no, 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 we can do it. He was faithful, faithful, and loyal all of his life, and he wasn't going to change now. So when Gibeon is attacked, I have to think that those around Joshua might have not understood covenant as well as he did and would say something like, no, this is God. These deceivers deceived us. Now just, just, just wait a day and let the Lord take care of it. Because all they had to do was wait one day and those five kings had killed all the Gibeonites. It had been over. But Joshua doesn't do that. He doesn't look for what's convenient. He, he goes and he helps. You know, something has to be woven into who we are as Christians. Something has to be woven into your character to learn to be faithful. To learn to be loyal. You know, if you, you'll never do anything great for the Lord if you, if you just rely on your own talent. You know, we ever, never elevate anybody based on how, how handsome or how pretty they are. We never elevate anybody here, promote anybody based upon whether they're, they've got giftings or anointing. That, those are none of the reasons that anybody gets elevated. The people get elevated here when you're faithful and you're loyal and you're fruitful is really a third thing. And I don't know if, if you know what I'm talking about, but if you promote somebody that just has talent and they don't have character, you're going to cut your own throat in your business. Come on, if you marry somebody who's not a faithful person, they don't keep their word, you have to have your head examined. No, talent's not what you should lean on. Churches all across America have been split right down the middle because people had talent and anointing but had no character, had no faithfulness, no loyalty. Joshua marches all night. And it's about 35 kilometers. Now that's 20 miles. Has anybody gone on a 20? You military guys have a, a 20 mile walk. You're about to, Chris. God bless you. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help you with your pack on. 20 miles. So they march all night, 35 kilometers. And by archaeological finds, it's about 20 miles and it's uphill, it's up a grade. So they hike 20 miles and they, they get to Gibeah and they, they surprise them. From that, we can understand that there's no, there's no half measures to fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. If you're looking for an easy road, you know, he didn't promise you a rose garden. You're going to have to pick up your cross and follow him. Somebody said it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard. I know what hard is, and this ain't it. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? No, no half measures aren't going to bring about the possessing of your inheritance and taking of the promised land. If you're going to have to come against that which hinders the covenant, that God made with you, that you made with others. There's times of the midnight hour, the midnight soul, when you don't feel like getting up, you don't feel like doing the right thing. But it's not about feelings. It's about love and it's about a covenant. It's about keeping your word. And if you can't learn to be faithful, then you're not going to have a marriage. You're not going to, your kids won't serve God. You, come on, you got to be faithful. you got to be loyal. you got to model that. You have to keep your word even when it hurts. I don't know whatever happened to my word is my bond, to handshakes. Now we have to have a whole lot of lawyers and stuff. No offense. Amen. Victory is won. They, they march all night and uh, they get up there and they, and they fight. Satan will work to attack you to bring about disloyalty and unfaithfulness. And he will do that in numerous ways, but I just want to give you two. One of the main ways that the enemy works to make you disloyal and, and unfaithful is to operate, to help activate your fallen human nature. Your fallen human nature needs to be dealt with. You need to reckon yourself dead. You need to learn to put your flesh down and live from your spirit, not just yield to your carnal human nature uh, you have to learn to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 2 and verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, no longer I to live, but Christ lives in me. The, the Bible says if you haven't learned to put down your, 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 your fallen human nature, then you're in trouble. 
And so Satan attacks us. He'll, like, he'll put a laziness on you after you get the job. He'll work on you with lust and, and, and do this demonic setup to get you to commit adultery so that you can be unfaithful. There's all kinds of ways the enemy can operate to bring disloyalty and unfaithfulness. And you need to be aware of that. You need to learn to put your flesh down. We all need to put our flesh down. You know, this time of year, I don't know about you, but my, you know, my wife, just, nothing affects her. The darkness doesn't affect her. The light doesn't affect her for me. I, I, need, I need some vi- extra vitamin D in the winter, and, I, and it's really harder to get up. I don't know about you. just is for me. I don't know why that is. It's dark, and I don't know. However, in the summer, it's hard for me to sleep. So right around now, when the hours are, I think it's 36 hours in a day right now. It feels like it. I, I sleep four or five. I mean, you know, I've got some shades. that We're going to try some new ones, praise the Lord. They're on sale over at Costco. We're going to put those things in place, glory to God. Today, amen. I thought about using tinfoil. Uh, I did use tinfoil. Somebody said, you got to take those down, Pastor. Somebody's going to think you're a grower. I thought. Um, that, I, I left it up anyway. But then my wife said, I can't stand that. Take it down. So how many of you know I obeyed the wife? I'm the head of my house, but she is the neck. Hallelujah. So right around now, getting up, you know, getting up for morning prayer is not so hard because I'm like up already. In the winter, I really have to, I really have to apply death to my flesh. But sometimes, uh, this happened last week, getting up for morning prayer, we come down here and pray early in the morning while it was yet dark. Jesus went away to solitary places. So anyway, that applies for winter, but it's light all the time now. So... I just, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. When it's time to get up, it's like I just fell asleep. You know, it's like I'm finally getting the rest of the Lord. And it's time to get up and go to prayer. And so uh, leaders lead, say it, leaders, leaders lead. So I lie there and I talk to myself. Christians, you need to talk to yourself. So I talk to myself. I'm like, okay, you're getting up. And I, you know, I hit the snooze. I'm finally sleeping. And I, I'm getting up, and I count. I go five. You're getting up, and uh, you're getting up five, four, three. I open my eyes. Two. I want to say two and a half, but the truth is I don't. I just go five, four, three, two, one, and I go ah, sit up, spin in my bed, and force my carcass out of the to get down here. Some of you don't know how to put your flesh down, and as a result, it's breeding unfaithfulness and disloyalty, the, the, the enemy will use your fallen human nature. You know, on Judgment Day, all of us will stand before him, and on Judgment Day, you will hear either, well, what happened? I gave you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. What happened? What? Or you were here, well done, thou good and good and faithful servant. Another way that the enemy operates to get us disloyal and unfaithful is through lies and attempting, us, attempting to have us harbor resentments. You know, I, I've counted lots of counseling with folks and gone through lots of counseling myself and believe in it. It's powerful. Um, frequently, I have seen marriages going through difficult times because the spouse, either the man or the woman, are believing a lie about their their spouse, they're believing a lie about the husband, or believing a lie about the, the wife, and I've seen I've seen people so addicted to soap operas. No, really, they've watched Days of Days of the Idiots or whatever it is, Day the Days of Our Lives, and and watch reruns over it. If they had just been reading the Word and in prayer and serving, as opposed to getting polluted through the entertainment of of, of Hollywood, sowing seeds of deceit. I mean, if you're constantly seeing. The backbiting and stealing and killing and adultery, you know, begin, you begin to think it's all around you because you're creating that. You know, your inward experience will create out, outward, uh, outward circumstances. Let me say this a different way. Your outward circumstances are oftentimes a reflection of your inward reality. So if you're all fearful in your own mind and fearful in your heart, then, then you're going to begin to see that all around. And it can actually become a demon. There's a demon of fear. 
So you can begin to create things through rehearsing things in your mind. I've, I've actually, um, in the interview and helping, trying to help marriages a number of years ago, talking with a man who committed adultery. And here's what the guy said. Now, I'm not saying he's right. He's definitely wrong. But here's what he said. He said, she accused me of adultery for 10 years. For 10 years, she knew I was sleeping around on her. And I never did. And so finally, I just said to myself, ah, forget it. I might as well, since she thinks I'm doing it anyway. Now, that's stupid. But it's a true story. You have to watch the lies that the enemy puts in your mind, men, ladies. You have to stay free from resentment. You have to keep your heart right. Be, be people that forgive, long-suffering and kind and gentle. Because resentment can work in you as a poison and cause you to become unfaithful and disloyal. I've said this before. If you ever lose respect for me, then we better solve that. We have to fix that. I've had people talk, you know, say lies about me in ministry or some of my leaders or staff, or I've heard about it in other churches. If the enemy can sow a lie in your mind about me or this church, then soon you won't be here. So what happens if I hear something that I don't think, well, why don't you come and talk to me? Matthew 18, 15. Talk about it. Amen. Resolve it. Communicate. Wow. No, Satan, we give Satan power when he communicate his lies and hold on to resentment. The power of the devil is in the lie. And if you believe his lies, you're in big trouble. I said to our growth track upstairs uh, just before this service, you can't afford to have a thought in your head that God doesn't have towards you. If you think things in your mind that God doesn't think are not true according to his word, they need to be removed. Those are called strongholds. You need to tear them down. You need to get them out of your life. You need to renew your mind. Yeah. Faithfulness, but especially loyalty is tested during times of crisis. And Gibeon, attacked by these five kings, were in a time of crisis. And, and Joshua passed the test. How to overcome Satan's trap because he would love for you to get disloyal and unfaithful. First thing is keep God as your highest allegiance. Do what? Keep God as your highest allegiance. You need to learn to live your life before the Lord, before him. That's the first one that you need to live for his pleasure, for his acceptance, for his security. You live for God. After that, if people don't like it, it doesn't really matter. And statistically, there's only two or three people that like you anyway. No, you learn, to, you learn to be faithful to the Lord, first and foremost. And loyal to God, loyal to Him and His Word. But you need to keep your covenants with your wife, with your, with your husband. You need to keep your covenants. You need to keep your word. Hello. Now we have a, a responsibility to, to model God to our children, to be Christ-like to our kids. Are you guys okay today? Come on, say, just say, Lord, help me to be faithful and to be loyal. One of the ways of overcoming this attack of the enemy is to rely on God's strength. Verse 8 talks about that. Rely on God's strength. Wow. Test the spirits. Look at three. Test the spirits. There are lying spirits out there, and you need to confront them. Listen, if you don't learn to confront things in your life, then you'll have the devil running your life. Somebody said, I don't like confrontation. Better, better warm up to it a little bit. Because otherwise you're going to be in a world of hurt. Talk to each other about issues. You know, yesterday, I don't know, I was off. Did anybody have an off day? I just, I blame, it, blame it on the rain, whatever. <laughs> I was blaming it on the sunshine. Didn't get to sleep. Whatever excuse I had, I just felt like I was just a bubble off. And so I... I prayed, I prayed in the spirit, I just kind of went through the day, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And uh, so finally, I threw in the towel with my wife, and I said, you know what, I'm off. I'm something, the kids were at, at, uh, with the worship team at practice, and it was just me and Pastor Karen at home, and uh, I was reading some news or whatever. She said, come, come on and sit down here next to the couch with me. Put your phone down and sit down with me. And I thought, that's the Lord. So, how many of you know I was hearing from God right then, and I... Turned, we sat down on the couch, and she said, okay, what's going on? I said, I, I don't know. And so we talked about different things, and we prayed. And then she prayed for me, and we just sat there, and it just sort of dissolved. 
I don't know how to describe it. There wasn't, sometimes I know what's bothering me, other times I'm not sure, and I was off. And so as we talked, as we prayed together, it just sort of like lifted, and I felt like, oh, there we go. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, sometimes, you don't have to know everything. But when you don't have peace and something's troubling you, communicate, test what is going on. Other times you can pray and be re realize, man, you know what? This is demonic or I, I've gotten defiled or, or this situation happened and be like, oh, I need to talk to that person. But it was, it, wasn't, it was a veiled attempt to try to get you to deceived or over into resentment. Listen, don't, do, don't have strife in your home. Don't tolerate resentment in your life because it's one of the ways the enemy will work at you to get you disloyal and unfaithful. Deal with it. you got to confront it in love. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching way better than your amen in today. Keep communication lines open. Gibeon asked for help. If they didn't ask for help, they wouldn't have known that they needed any. Joshua wouldn't have known. They sent a messenger. If you need help, ask for it. You, know, you should tell by the, by the way my face is contorting. Sorry, I was going through my own. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you're, going through, you're going through your own battle trying to work it out and then somebody's mad at you because you didn't realize they're having a problem. That's happened to me a couple thousand times. Uh, it's hard to know if somebody's having a problem unless they, they talk and they share. It's important. You know, you need community. We all need community. One of the, one of the, the, the whole Facebook Instagram, that whole culture, it craves community and, ex and likers and acceptance. Do you know that is de you're designed by God to be a part of a community that has acceptance, security, and significance, and all the social media people tapped into it. But really, it needs to be developed in church. Yeah. You need to develop people that you know relationships with people that love you and care for you and tell you when you got a bat in the cave. Yeah. Tell you when you got lipstick on your teeth. Tell you when you got a bad attitude. I've said it before. Who has your shut-up card? Who holds the shut-up card? Who holds the card for you that says, sit down, shut up. You have an attitude problem and brings correction to you. you know? We need to have that. You need to develop community and communication lines. They have to, you have to have relationship with people healthy relationships some of you had some relationships or you don't even know what it is to have a healthy relationship for the longest time i didn't know what it was to have healthy relationships so bitter strife and constant ongoing drama i mean my life years and years and years ago was like riding a roller coaster kind of normal you know a little bit hard and then all of a sudden you'd get to the top you know, down car accident, trouble, difficulties, breakups, relocation, do it again. Chinking, 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 chinking. Oh, down car accidents, trouble, difficulties. Yeah, you're, you're married to a roller coaster. You're partnered with people that are just filled with drama. You got to get healed. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Renew your vision. We're talking about overcoming. The enemy, you got to renew your vision. What are you here for? Why are you alive? Why are you breathing? You know, next week up in, the, in our growth track, we talk about purpose. And we're passing out gift tests. We're probably going to have to use another room now. We're passing out gift tests. Some of you have no idea what your giftings are. So we're going we're gonna to help you. We're going we're gonna to do some quizzes and different things to help you analyze what your main giftings are. And then the hope is that, that you would then be released into those giftings. Some of you don't know that you have a purpose. Come on, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a purpose, right? Not to harm you, but to help you, to prosper you. God's got a plan for you. Some of you need to, you need to renew your vision. What's your life about? It ain't not about watching TV, going to work, and suffering. Right. Amen. Come on, God's got blessing for you. All right, the results of being faithful and loyal, God will encourage us and give us a promise. This is interesting because the promise doesn't come until Joshua starts hiking. And I have found in my life that the Jordan doesn't part until you put your foot in it. Come on, somebody say, put your foot in it. Put your foot in it. Yeah, until you get going. 
So verse 8, this is now Joshua starts to hike. Verse 8 says, the Lord said, Joshua, don't be afraid of them. I'm, I had you repeat it with me. I've given them into your hand. None of them will be able to withstand you. Wow. You've got to fight to possess the promise. And God gives you promises. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. Say that with me. The promises of God are the basis by which you pray. So when you have a promise... You take that thing and you stand on it and you pray it. I, we prayed it and made the decree over the multiplication in the church, Exodus 12, 12. And tying it into the New Testament revelation that Jesus has defeated hell, death, and the grave. And he wants everyone saved. It's God's will that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. That's God's will. Is it God's will for your, your uncle to get saved? Yes. Your brother to be saved? Yes. Is it God's will for us to walk in purity and holiness and righteousness and truth? Yes. Is it God's will? Yes. You pray anything in, in his name, it shall be done. So when we pray, the church is going to multiply by the decree of the Lord and the vengeance on the gods of this territory is being released by the power of the blood of Jesus. That is taking the promise and getting behind it and driving it home. The promises of God are the basis by which you pray. Some of you grumble, murmur, complain, and come into full agreement with the devil. You need to break all agreement, break all ties with the devil, what he says about you. You ugly, you failed last year, and you're going to fail again, and you come a long line of failing families. Come on, give me a break. In the lineage of Jesus was a prostitute, so I think that, that helps all of us. Come on, somebody say amen. God will encourage you, give you a promise, but you have to possess it. God will fight for you, verse 10 and 11. And this is a fulfillment of Exodus 23, 27, which says, I'll send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. And that's what happens in this text. They go into confusion. I'll make your enemies turn their backs and run. Wow. This is exactly what happens here in this text in Joshua 10. They turn their backs and run. God will answer your prayers for you in extraordinary ways. And, and this is about these hailstones and the sun standing still. The Lord hurled hailstones. Now, just think about that. Think about you're in an army and you're pursuing your enemy who's turned their backs and they're running. And you're running after them and giant hail. I mean, anybody from Texas? Anybody seen big hail? I, I, I've never really been in a hailstorm that has really big hailstones. But I've seen cars that are totally riddled. It looks like somebody dumped an 18-wheeler load of golf balls all over the car. Just dense. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? These hailstones were big enough to kill people. So I would say that's, that's a fair-sized hailstone. But it didn't just drop hailstones on the enemy. They were, they were heaven-guided hailstones. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Israel's pursuing them. Can you imagine? You're pursuing, ah! And a stone just comes around your head and crushes the guy in front of you. They didn't hit any of God's people. They just crushed the heads of the... Well, it doesn't say crush their heads. I guess it could be so big it hit you in your back, you broke your back, and you're dead. Whatever the case is, he hurled hailstones and they died. And missed all the Israelites. You ever heard of smart missiles? These are smart hailstones. And the sun standing still. Now, I, I read some report, but I can't attest to it to being actually 100% accurate. But I, I read something about uh, the Hubble telescope and them figuring out that, that actually there was a delay in creation at some point back, that there was this pause. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they could figure it out in science. If the sun stood still, I believe it. The word says it. I believe it. And it was, it was like Joshua saying, God, we just need a little bit more time to kill all these punks. And the Lord granted it to him. And then God will elevate you. Look at verse 21. Now, we didn't read this, but this is fascinating. The whole army returned safely, verse 21 of Joshua 10, safely to Joshua in the camp, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Wow. Now think about that. Who's actually in the camp? First of all, all the five kings and their armies are all completely dead. So who could possibly utter a word against the Israelites? Well, there would be non-Israelites, so who would that be? It'd be the Gibeonites. 
And I have to think this. I have to think that when, the, when Gibeon came and deceived them, they weren't all excited about being covenant partners with God and Israel, but they did it so that they didn't die. And so I think in their hearts there was certainly some disloyalty and some unfaithfulness. And I think maybe they were waiting for their moment to, you know, get their land back or, you know, do something to, to deal with Israel. They weren't exactly happy about serving the God of all the universe. But when Israel and Joshua came back and they saw the, the smart hailstones that killed all these people, it's kind of like, I think we actually should serve the God that these guys serve. Because this is, nobody spoke a word, which means they were probably, probably speaking a word against them maybe before, you know, before the attack and their rescue. God will elevate you. You know, if you'll just do the right thing, God will elevate you. Do the right thing. Be faithful. Be loyal. Let the chips fall where they may. Do the right thing. Be faithful and loyal and watch what God will do. He will do extraordinary miracles for you and he will elevate you. And lastly, Hannah, would you come please? Lastly, God will move you forward in fulfilling your destiny. God will move you forward. It's a comforting thought to know that God is the author and the perfecter of this good work that he begun on the inside of you. And if you can just stay under his mighty hand of protection, remain faithful and loyal to him, faithful and loyal to your covenant commitments that you've made with your spouse, with your children, with your church. And listen, I believe that's what membership is about here. Let me just tell you that. We don't just collect members and so we can say we have thousands of people that are members. It's about a covenant relationship. And most people don't understand covenant. And that, that's, that's, we're into covenants. We, we teach that and talk about that. If you don't have a home church that you're in covenant with, that you tithe to, that you're committed and you serve at, find one. And this is a great one. I, I know the pastor. He's all right. Find one. Plug in. Be a part of that church. Serve there. Be faithful. Be loyal. And let me say this. If there's things that are happening here that, that, that you don't understand or, 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 or they're bothering you or you have a question about the building project or, uh, or anything, you can ask any question that you want to. Don't let the enemy whisper to you or say, well, uh, you're, they're too busy. That's a lie. We're not too busy for you. We're here for you to serve you, equip you, release you, train you, raise you up, to love on you, to stand with you. Amen. To perform marriages for you, for your children, baby dedications. To lead you, to guide you, to model what it is, to, to live a godly life. That's why we're here. So it, it, if you have questions about things you don't understand, like why is it so hot in here, Pastor? It's because we need LED lights. And, and, and our, whole, our whole heating system <laughs> needs help it's warm in the winter hallelujah can't it be cooler we're selling this thing we've got the other building all where you want to well let me just tell you that you know how we're cooling the other building you want to know how we're cooling listen this is awesome first of all i, I just need to say this and then I'm, I'm done i think the the power I mean, how is this we have a generator that it's a gas generator natural gas that will produce our own electricity and the and will not only produce our own electricity the heat generated by the turbine will produce our heat we gone green come on somebody say hallelujah you know how it's going to be cooled i was reading something about taking cold showers that it activates your mitochondrion in your body and helps you to lose and create brown fat and burn fat off. I'm not sure it works. One thing's for sure, I'm pretty confident of this. Those people have never taken a cold shower in Alaska, ever. Because that's a different kind of cold shower. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's like, that's like a real cold shower. The sissified cold showers they take in the lower 48. That water comes out at like 40 something degrees. We're cooling the whole building with two wells that are already on our property and it's going to be the whole cooling system instead of incorporating a whole a whole uh, air conditioning blowers and all that it's all going to be through the floor it's all designed and engineered it's amazing 
Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Let me bring this to conclusion. I'm not sure I tied that in, but I got excited about our air conditioner, heating, and all that. Oh, yeah, lies, resentment. If you have questions, ask them. Ask any one of our leaders, and if they don't have the answer, they'll get it. Amen? So in closing, let me ask you this. How, how faithful and how loyal are you? I mean, if you were to grade yourself, you know, I go and I, I get chiropractically adjusted, and if, if I've got some back pain or something, they say, so one to ten, where, where is it at? Like two. Oh, two is not so bad. Nine would be bad. So grade yourself. How faithful are you? How loyal are you? Are you faithful and loyal to your job? Or you talk stink and steal pens and make long-distance phone calls on the job? Hello? How faithful and loyal are you in your marriage? Do you build your spouse up? Or do you talk junk about them all the time? Or are you, are you addicted to pornography? It's really adultery, ladies. Oh, you thought I was talking about men, but actually the problem, the problem is, is that, that women are involved in that just as much as men are. We used to not be that way, but it is that way now. Yeah. So men, women, how's your eye game? How are your words? How are your actions? How are your attitudes? Some of you need an attitude adjustment. How faithful and loyal are you in your marriage? How faithful and loyal are you to your kids? Are you faithful and loyal to your children? What are you talking about? They're my kids. Yeah, when you said you were going to play ball, did you? Because if you don't, then you don't keep your word to your kids. See, it's e they're easy to blow off because they don't, you know, they won't make much fuss about it. Try blowing off your spouse. They're probably not, it's not going to work. They're going to be like, what are you doing? You said you were going to do this, and now you're not doing it, you know. Now, kids, oh, come on, and then that's it. But if you don't learn to be faithful and loyal in keeping your word to your kids, they're not going to serve God. They're going to know you're a liar. And you know, it can be hard because you come home and you're tired, but you said you're going to play ball or, you know, and you, you want to sit down and watch the news instead. But you said, look, keep your word. Everybody say, keep your word. Keep your word. I've failed many times about that. I've repented a lot. I endeavor to keep my word. Now, how about you? How faithful and how loyal are you to your church? You tithe? Hello? I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to come back in a second. Amen, Pastor Daniel. You're going to be faithful and loyal. Preach it. Preach. How, how faithful and loyal are you to your country? I heard somebody saying, Oh, America, home of the free, land of the, land of the free, home of the brave. America, America's worst country. Well, why don't you stink and move? Go try some other nation. See how you like it. Taxes and so on and so forth. Hey, this is not perfect, but how faithful and loyal are you? Do you vote? Listen, if you don't vote, you best register because it is, you have a Christian obligation before God to vote vote. Plug in. Serve. Be a part of the political process. Give. Give to candidates. Mayor Edna DeVries is running for House, District 11. God bless you. We need righteous people running. Get involved. Know who, know who, know who's serving. Know who's up for it. Know what they believe. Vote the issues. That's a part of being a faithful, loyal Christian. Now, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble, but I, you can't vote according to skin color. You vote according to the issues. And if it's endorsing baby killing, I can't do that because I'm a believer. Did I just lose the whole congregation? Y'all all right? I'm pretty sure I'm preaching to the choir, but even if I'm not, I'm not afraid of telling you what I think. And if you don't like it, well, God bless you. Don't be offended. You know, eat the meat. Spit out the bones. We don't have to be in agreement on everything, but, but the Word of God is the Word of God, and we're going we're gonna to preach that, declare it, proclaim it. It's, it can rub you the wrong way. It can chap your hide. The Word of God can bring conviction, and, and that's the way it should be. Come on, let's be faithful and loyal. Can you say amen?
crossing over rivers and taking cities. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on, examine your heart. Ask the Lord to show you where you might not be so faithful, where you might not be loyal, and repent. Lord, forgive us for wrong thoughts, attitudes, motives. Lord, times where we haven't been faithful to pray, faithful or loyal. God, forgive us. And we ask you to help us by your Spirit. Help us by your Spirit to not be grumblers, to watch our attitudes, to not be bitter. Lord, to put our flesh down, that the enemy wouldn't have operation through our fallen human nature. We take authority over that daily, picking up our cross, following after you. We would be a faithful, loyal people. Oh God, help us to be faithful and loyal. Say that. Oh God, help us to be faithful and loyal to your word, the call of God in this time in history where the nations are being shaken, where nations are becoming goat nations and nations are becoming sheep nations. Thank you for the turnaround in America. We pray, oh God, that you would continue to bring it, that you would raise up faithful, loyal preachers and demonstrators of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our nation would come under a mighty revival. Lord, even in this place, even in Alaska, that you would bring about the redemptive purpose for the great Northland, the land of the midnight sun. You'd bring about your redemptive plan and purpose and we would do our part to be faithful and loyal to you and to each other to see the greatest harvest. Lord, even a multiplication, a doubling, I prophesy again that we will double in size. God, do it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Cause our families to be blessed because we're faithful and loyal to you. You who stand over your word to see it performed. God, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition. The service will be over in just a moment. If that's you, you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you need to recommit to Him because you drifted in your commitment to Him. You're not living for God now. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment to Him all across this place, those online, you say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. On the count of three, slip your hand up. If you want to be included in this prayer, to repent of your sin, to ask Jesus into your heart, to be your Lord and Savior. If that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Over on this side, God bless you. God bless you. I thank you. I see that hand. You know what we're going to do today? We never want to embarrass anybody, but I am mindful that the Word of God says, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me, I will deny you. I have a theory based on that scripture that if you can't acknowledge, you're going to live for Jesus in front of a bunch of people that already love Him. It's going to be very hard to do that out there. If you raised your hand, as soon as Hannah begins to sing, if you raised your hand and you meant business with God or you didn't, but you know you need to be up here, I want you to meet me right here right now. Ready? Come. Come on, come. Come on, come. Put your hands together for these. Come on. Come on. Others are coming all across this place. Come on. As close to my hand as you can. Come on. Come on. Come on, come. Come. Come on. You can do better than that. Put your hands together for these. People coming to Christ today. Come on, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. There's others. There's others that are coming. Come on, come. Come on, come if that's you. Come all the way up front. Come on, sing with us to worship you. You need to come. Come right now. Are you ready? I'm going to pray this prayer. Here, look, everybody up front here, look at me. Okay, so you're going to pray this prayer. And in this brief moment that we pray this prayer, everything you've ever done wrong will be wiped out. It'll be erased. Everything? Everything. Whoa, that's heavy. That is heavy. Because that's what the blood does. It just washes it all away. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. 
You're not being forgiven because I said so. You're being forgiven because God's word says so. And you deserve death, and so did I. But his death was in your place. It's a substitutionary death. It's, it's a, the big, big theological word is propitiation. It means, propitiation means to avert wrath. Wrath that was headed towards one. Propitiation means to bring it to another. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb or sacrifice for your sin and for mine. And when you believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave, and you ask him to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, then he washes away all of your sin. And he puts it in a place called the sea of forgetfulness. And he makes you new, brand new. Born of the Spirit. It's called being born again. Those online, those up front, just pray this right out loud with me, right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. Thank you that he rose again from the grave. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. I'm coming to you the best way I know how. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Would you lift your hands all across this place as a sign of surrender to God? Holy Spirit, I pray right now, break off every chain, break every bondage in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill these. Touch and fill these. I thank you that they would love you, live for you all the days of their life. In the name of Jesus, amen. John Christensen, come right here, please. This is John Christensen. He's going to lead you right out those double doors, and we're going to help you grow in the things of God. Would you give us about two minutes? All right, oh, there you are, Pastor Vince. Praise God. Go ahead. Just follow, follow John. Follow Pastor, Pastor Vince right through those double doors. Put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together for these guys. We'll just take two minutes. We're going to give you a little Bible study. Come on, give it up for these guys. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Come on, lift your voice and sing to worship. faithful, loyal people. And the miracles you saw on Joshua 10, God will release even to you. Our generation needs people that are faithful and loyal, and I believe God's raising them up, even right here. Can you say amen today? Let me bless you. Service is over in just a moment. You don't want to miss tonight. Tiff Shuttlesworth's going to be bringing the heat. It's going to be amazing service. For those of you that are leaders, you know who you are. Five o'clock meeting just before the service upstairs in the generation room. So if you'd come to be a part of that, let me bless you. Last thing that Jesus did on the earth was he blessed his disciples. Blessing and curses are real. Receive the blessing right now. Father, before you, I pray now a blessing upon your people. Make us the head, not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. God, rebuke the devourer and bless us in the city. Bless us in the field. Bless our children. Bless our marriages. Bless our, our young ones and the young adults. God, bless the, all of our, our, the senior saints that are here today. God, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Praise the Lord.